stage reset at House Lights. Thanks team for another great show. I'll see you all backstage. This is Designed to Change, Backstage Conversations. Backstage, uh, Dave Gray. Yeah. Um, do you remember oh. that feeling going backstage? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not really backstage, are we? <laughs> well, in the mind backstage of the auditor people. and in, in the audio context, we can we can make people believe anything. Right? <laughs> yeah, we're backstage with the microphone still on. That exactly. can be a recipe for disaster. <laughs> How do you feel? <laughs> I feel good. I feel good. Yeah. I think, How do you feel? Uh, I I always feel that let's say when 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 the backstage curtain kind of um, when you, when the curtain closes and you go backstage, there's a the feeling can change. Even though, you know, as most people will probably know, you know, Dave is still in his very same office, and I'm in my very <laughs> same office here in Switzerland. You're in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, we're using the same mics. It's you know literally 30 seconds after this onstage part, but yeah. the make believe part of a context can change how we be behave or how we how we deal with things um, and I think um, feelings drive behaviors right so I think the ability to uh, to create Absolutely. a specific context is, is so critical now what people don't see that I do see because we're on a zoom recording here is behind you you have two very interesting uh, drawings that keep keep popping out at me one of them is and I'll try and describe it it's it's um, it's a light bulb that's running away from a shark that's apparently looking to jump out at the light bulb. And there's some, you know, uh, there's some meaning to this. Uh, and the other one is, and, you know, trying to decode that, it is almost like a, a tangerine that, you know, opens up the top with two eyes looking left and a hand pointing some way. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, if, if, if a piece of information is being dropped in its brain or if it's taken out of its brain. But uh, Yeah, good question. It, it begs the question. Yeah. Why, why those two paintings in your backdrop, Dave? Well, the, uh, the, the first one is about the perils of being an idea, especially in a corporate uh, context. An idea has to survive a lot of sharks to, to, be, uh, to make it to, the, uh, to run the gauntlet. Um, and yeah, the other one is about, you know, how do you peel open your, your brain and other people's brains to pull out or put in those, whatever those things are that um, will help people, you know, get to the next level. That's what they mean to me anyway. And the, one of the nice things about images is that they can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. So. And it's in the eye of the beholder as to how they interpret yeah. that or talk about, right? It, it, yeah. They can spark a really good conversation. The other one that I'm just seeing now is actually the one we mentioned before. I think about the hero's journey, or is that? Can I? Because that's a. Uh, um, it's it's a little painting with a little less contrast, but it almost looks like the liminal journey or the liminal thinking image or the hero's journey image. I'm not sure which. Yeah, one that was the that. mental model that I. Uh, kind of came up with when I was working on liminal thinking about how to uh, how to visualize um, 
the way that we formulate our thoughts and beliefs and how we go about changing them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting how sometimes, um, bubble of belief, bubble of belief. Yeah. Um, I tend to do the same thing, hang stuff on the wall. Sometimes visuals also have to take time to ferment on you, right? You mm -hmm. have to look at them regularly and they take on more meaning over time. Um, I, um, I'm always fascinated by how um, how teams actually use this visual thinking or have such a hurdle to use, using visual thinking. But the only way in which you can um, go beyond the belief that they don't work is by actually trying if they do work. Right. So <laughs> you mentioned that when your artist didn't show up, you know, um, uh, at one of these sessions not having a choice or having a new design restriction that you then need to work with delivers a change that you might not have intended, but delivers very surprising results, right? Where then people. Have oh yeah. Constraints are, constraints are, uh, one of the best things about design for sure. Absolutely. And do you feel that in events people over design their events or overthink them or what, what's your, what's your feeling there? I uh, mostly, yes. I, I, um, <clears throat> when you ask people what was the best thing they got out of an event, um, often they will tell you it's the hallway conversations, the person they met at lunch, um, uh, and many events don't design for that or do that intentionally. Some of the best events that I have been to have been completely unplanned uh, other than a structure. If you've ever heard of an open space event, mm -hmm. um, you know, some of the, um, uh, there are lots, there are lots of methods to kind of design for emergence and serendipity and those things that might not otherwise happen. And, um, so there's, I think generally speaking, they are over-designed, um, trying to keep people engaged all the time, um, having to go to dinner, having to go to an event, um, having to go, even, even if it's a great event, having to go to a show in the evening or, um, you know, those things can, those things do take a lot out of people and people need time to rest and recover and recuperate. So, um, and, you know, also thinking a lot about online events, I would never try and schedule an, a day long <clears throat> online event because people just don't have that um, energy to sit and, and participate for more than I think maybe 90 minutes at a time. Yeah. So um, I always, whenever I'm doing something virtually, I always try and break it into 90 minute, you know, sections and maybe no more than three hours in a day. Yeah. 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 And I think this is, this is part of the planning, planning the time that doesn't get sucked up into a program or a program item that gives space to think is so critical to, Compress and decompress, because I, I fully agree with you. I just came back from a you know, three-day event that, you know, maybe before COVID, I was fully used to going to these events at that speed and range. Uh, but we have changed in the last two years where I think our maybe our digital dexterity has improved, but our uh, physical dexterity of being able to deal with, you know, intense groups of people, many conversations at the same time, it almost feels like we've lost practice and we've mm. kind of recalibrated into a little different kind of human human uh, human balance there right it's a, it's almost like we're we're also personally changing uh, as a facilitator i think i've always thought fa tried to work towards 
um, what's the least I can do to create the space for the people to do the things that they want to do. Um, and I found that the less, you know, paradoxically, the less I did, <laughs> the happier people were with the result. So um, I'm a big fan of, you know, what's the minimum viable structure for this conversation. And uh, I'm also somewhat of a fan of creating a little space for chaos as well. Mm -hmm. and um, letting people figure things out and not trying to have everything designed and figured out in advance. So that's, it's personal taste partly, but um, I think the more people have control over their environment, their thinking, their decision-making, the more um, committed and engaged they are, the more engaged they get and the more committed to the result that they get. Yeah. 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 And if it's over-designed, it can be suffocating in terms of that. Yeah, ability. oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, design is not about adding more, but I, you know, I like this, this minimalistic approach where um, the art of leaving things out, right? Mm -hmm. my, um, my brother is an orthopedic surgeon, and he says the best surgeons are the ones that know when not to operate. Right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost like that, where you know, any intervention or forced engagement uh, just because it's possible on a platform and because people over-design maybe some of these tools that people use, uh, it's in the space that comes the, um, uh, the value. Um, currently, we're having conversations, Dave, about how executives use the tools that you mentioned in the first part. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd just like to kind of you know, give it a little bit of air here because these have been interesting conversations. I know, you know you're writing up a piece about this. Uh, people can look out for that. Um, how different do you think executives react to uh, the use of new tools or how they use their facilitation skills or their talent in their events. What, what has changed, do you think, recently in the last maybe two or three years? Well, I think most executives, because of the nature of that role, have been in their industry or their business for a, a pretty long period of time. They have a lot of experience. And over that time, they've develop their habits, their ways of doing things, their ways of thinking and, and so forth. Um, so a lot of things have happened in terms of the tools and technology, especially of virtual meetings pretty recently. And so those people may or may not have figured that out or got that part of it um, figured out. And so, like I said earlier, I think there's an opportunity now. What I've what really opened my eyes was earlier this year when I did a strategic planning session and it, it was initially planned to be in person and we ended up doing it virtually and remotely. And I was very pleased with how um, quickly and easily the executive team adapted to this new format. And um, that led me to, and for many of them, it was the first time they had ever gotten into a tool like Mural. Um, and, uh, and part of the feedback as we left the, the strategic planning session was I really like this tool. I think we can use this more. And so that encouraged me to think, okay, who are all those people out there who haven't ever heard of this, who uh, they're, as far as their meetings go, they're virtual, but they're pretty much zoom or WebEx or Skype or something and presentations. 
and most people checking their email or doodling away or, you know, turning off their video or what, what have you, not really engaging in those meetings. And <clears throat> so to me, it's a, it, it is an opportunity. And I do uh, have been having some conversations, including you and others about um, how can we help people discover and, and take advantage of this opportunity. And I will be, um, I'm not sure when this uh, podcast is going to air, but probably before it airs, I'll have sent out uh, a blog post about it and, and a, a template that people can actually just click in and, and try it um, in a very simple, easy way. That's the goal anyway. So yeah, I think it's um, part of my time horizon is how do we help more people um, do more in meetings and uh i think part of that is you know figuring out when and where it's appropriate and helpful to like you said give people the space to think um both in time and in a place and give them the, a way to put those thoughts together and and uh connect them yeah. so. um and then seeing, I mean, one of the powerful changes I've seen there specifically when using those tools um, is that seeing other people work visually without the audio is a very, is a very powerful kind of thing that happens, right? When others start interacting with the content you've created or dragging it or editing it or adding onto it, which is almost like the drawing with a pen and a, and a post-it or a brown paper, mm -hmm. whatever it might be seeing that happening on the screen whilst you're talking while somebody else is talking i fully agree that yeah and even sometimes even sometimes misinterpreting can be um you know <laughs> yeah i mean i think you know uh, the goal of any all of these kind of canvases and structures is to allow people to have better conversations and make better decisions and uh if that's happening and then even if it's different than what you had a uh, plan for. It's usually good. Okay. People are hardwired to spot the 10 differences of their opinion and somebody else's, right? So yeah, seeing that visually is, is, is indeed super powerful. Well, um, on that note, um, if you're interested to see how we structure this podcast, because that's also done on a mural uh, that I haven't shown Dave here, but I'll just pop it up on the screen. Yeah. Um, we'll, uh, we'll happily kind of, uh, you know, share that template as well. So you have an idea of how um, how you can structure a conversation or even have, you know, resources available left and right. Wow. Uh, because cool. having, having that visual outlook onto, uh, onto a structure or flow gives you a loose, let's say, uh, garden container, right? Or <laughs> a box to mm -hmm. plant the different seeds and see where these things come out. Um, so we'll share, share that as well with, um, uh, with those that are listening and the tools that, that Dave was mentioning that uh, he's going to make available as well as this, this new piece written about, you know, how can executives use these kinds of new thinking and how can you share that with your executives, which is exactly the point of this whole podcast is how to have better conversations. Thank you, Dave, for sharing your many years of experience and application and also your continuous curiosity in how you can help people that haven't discovered these things yet. I think that's super powerful. And thanks for spending some time with us and our listeners. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Awesome. You've been hanging out backstage on Design to Change Designer Conversations. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe and share conversations online using hashtag Design to Change and hashtag Event Canvas. 
Want more thought-provoking content like this? Visit designtochange.online to purchase your copy of Design to Change, elevating your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Don't forget it's more than just a book. Experience a hard copy, audio format, video format, and even augmented reality. Experience it in your style and format. Tune into our next episodes and hear from more designers and change makers. Until then, we look forward to our next conversation.